Welcome to Viable Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. I'm an intuitive guide, a healer, and entrepreneur. This podcast is dedicated to share everyday experiences and show you how magic can show up in your life. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Viable Magic Podcast. I'm Christina, your host, and I have my beautiful sister on this episode. Hi, Hi, everybody. She is a mindful coach as well as a counselor and has a lot of beautiful things she would like to share with us about how to have a, a better lifestyle, how to clear the mind, how to stop being overworked because like other entrepreneurs, like me, business owners, even moms, we all get overwhelmed with all the things that we have to do. And so she actually ended up coaching my salon uh, a couple months ago on how to uh, reframe your mindset and how to bring more joy. And it was so transformational for everybody. And we were very grateful for it. And so um, Tiffany, I would like for you to tell us a few things. Um, so the first thing I like to ask everybody is what, how do you find magic in everyday life? Yeah. So number one, I just wanted to say what you said. Burnout is real because of all the things that we have on our plate. And so, yes, we have to take care of our mind and different things. So what magic I find in my everyday is what I call take a moment. And What I have found is taking quality moments that I find that bring me joy, that bring a level of releasing of stress and also bring a filling back up to myself. So those moments for me is outside. Typically outside, my number one favorite is near water. If you look at all the statistics and research about water, there's definitely like I'm, I come from that like clinical social work background. And so I look at that research and water has an effect on your brain and in your body. And so for me, I always say it's tranquilizing me (laughs) because it does, it does. Anytime we're by the ocean or even like lately, because we're up in the Midwest right now, um, creeks, just going to the creeks and listening to the babbling brooks. I am like, okay, like my stress is going with the creek and I just love it. It fills my soul up. It's a peaceful place. Um, you tap into your senses. So I tap into uh, what I see, what I'm hearing, what I'm smelling. So like at the creek, it's like I'm smelling the fresh water, um, maybe like fresh cut grass nearby. Um, I'm seeing the water. I'm feeling just the drain of everything and the peace of the place that I'm in. Beautiful that you were just talking about water. And so Jeremy posted a, a video. I don't know if you've seen it of the girls no. just like splashing in the creek right oh. between thunderstorms last week. And oh they my were goodness, an absolute ball. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'll have to yeah. go look at that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I was just uh, listening to uh, somebody I found on TikTok. His name is Asanabe. He's a Native American. And he was actually talking about how cleansing water actually is from the molecular structure and what it actually does to you between water and light. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And if you think about it, our body is made of like 
I don't remember. I've heard statistics that say like 70% or 80%. Like we're made of the majority of water. So it kind of makes sense that like we connect with it on a certain level and that it's healing for us. Yep. That's beautiful. Thank you. So I want to talk about um, your coaching and your lifestyle a little bit and how you've been shifting your business from counseling people like, you know, I've known you your whole life. So I've seen the journey of (laughs) going from um, uh, DHR kids. Is that right? To working with um, trauma and women to um, family trauma canceling and now empowering people. So can you talk a little bit about that journey? Yeah, yeah. So my background is that I am a clinical social worker. So my credentials is an LCSW and I've been in the social work field for, for I think this year is 14 years, which is kind of crazy. And it started out as um, I wanted a job because I loved volunteering and helping people. That like was just like my sweet spot. I found that. I loved that. And I was like, I want to do a job that's about that and helping other people. And so that's how I got into social work. And um, yeah, I have worked with, I always tell people, I have worked with anybody from doing infant mental health to geriatrics. And my my geriatric ladies or my elderly ladies, they crack me up so much. I just kind of, I still kind of love them. But um, what's the infant? um, Infant mental health. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, so it's parenting education. And also teaching parents um, different techniques of building attachment to your child and bonding. And so if there's been, there's so like, I've worked with um, parents that were maybe having postpartum depression or they were in the court system for whatever reason. I can, I think of one client I have in mind when I'm talking about it and she just like, there was just some situations that were going around and. So my boss at the time, she had done infant mental health. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? I, w- I love to learn and I love to try different things. So she's like, oh yeah, let's, let me show you this curriculum, all this kind of stuff. So it's about those attachment things with your kids. So like one of the things it's called serve and return. So when they're crying, when they're younger, or they're kind of a little fussy, and then you start making eye contact to help them soothe. That's called serve and return. So you're making contact with your child. You're building an attachment. You're building security in them by doing that. So, um, yeah, I've done a little bit of everything, as you said, across my career. And I kind of tripped into, I say I tripped into trauma because that wasn't like when I graduated school, that was not like my focus. Um, But I realized like I loved it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, like, I don't enjoy the trauma, but I enjoyed helping people heal and watching them heal on that journey. And um, the further along as I've gotten in my career, I've had moments of burnout over my career. And this last thing that got me, um, I was working in an organization. I was helping develop a program and there were just certain things that were going on. And you, and you see people like across my career, you see people who are more director of roles. And so that's what I was in, in a director role. So it was never said, but it was more perceived, not just in this organization specifically, but across the board, you see 
directors hustling and working overtime and having their phone notifications go off all the time. And I was like, well, I think somewhere unconsciously, I was like, well, that's what I have to do. And so like eating, you know, working through your lunch breaks and not taking those moments and picking your work home. And that was that extra level of responsibility. And um, not just that, like, there's a pressure of that. There's the unconscious norms for women where we think busyness is a badge of honor. And I definitely 100% thought that um, looking back and that was leading me to this big uh, burnout. I got burnout breakthrough that I had because I realized that I was burnt on. I wish I could say that I, from my background, realized that but I started going to therapy because of the problems I was starting to see I was starting to have headaches I was having anxiety all the time I was having um I was crying more often than not and I knew like these things were I knew that these things were not normal for me but I was kind of like it's gonna get better that's the thought I grabbed onto was it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I just need to push through this. It's going to get better. I keep going. But what was happening is my brain and my body was suffering because I just kept pushing beyond my capacity and my ability. And that's where coaching comes in is that I started researching coaching and um, I just felt for me, I felt like it was like God just dropped it into my lap. It was an answer to a prayer. And I was like, okay, I feel good about this. I've been doing coaching inside my therapy practice for years and didn't even know it or call it that. And I needed something more sustainable because I really, I got to a place where I almost wanted to take my hands off and was like, I want to be out of the helping field. Let me go serve coffee at a coffee shop. I love that kind of vibe. <laughs> so yeah, I, I remember that point in time. I know how rough that was for you because we, I'm so grateful for our relationship because it was rough when we were teenagers. And then once we started, um, you know, kind of going on our, doing our own thing, we've kind of come back and we've become really close now. And so you've helped me a lot. And I know I've helped you a little bit during those intense times and that life, you know, kind of gives us. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, what is one thing when you were going through your burnout phase that helped you and like started you to understand and how did you like what were the steps you took yeah I was so thankful at the time and I know not everybody can afford this so I am very sensitive to everybody's situation but at the time I was able to quit my job and have a few it ended up being more time than I thought I was just going to take a month off and then hop into another job until I could figure out what was going on um but I ended up having three months off so that time off was pivotal of me being able to be still and and really like all the things that I'm talking about I didn't know in that phase so that time of healing that I was doing was me discovering like what was really causing the burnout like what was really happening like why was I starting to have panic attacks why uh was I feeling exhausted and tired of all the time and so doing a lot so that's the mindset work so I did a lot of journaling and a lot of talking to friends and a lot of um therapy and just really uh reaching out to support like reaching out to you reaching out to friends 
and really just asking and sharing what I could during that time with people and just having that community, doing the mindset work. And for those who don't know me, uh, my husband and I live in an RV full time and we love the outdoors lifestyle. So I spent a lot of time outside. And I think one of the things that I learned from a health coach that I was working with at the time was called earthing. And earthing is where you go barefoot in the grass for like five to 10 minutes a day. And I had stumbled across it and I knew about grounding. I knew it was good for you, but like, I didn't know the level of uh, exchange that happens when you're barefoot on the earth. There's an electrical response to the earth that happens in our body and it helps us really stress. It helps neutralize the electrons, the neuron or protons in our body. And that was a big thing. I can remember at that time, I spent a lot of time just walking outside barefoot in the sunshine. So it was a combination of a lot of different things um, that I was learning and I was growing in and reflecting on. And I'm so thankful that I had that time to be able to do that because that's really Kind of, that's what I do with my clients now is that I work with women who are like us, multi-passionate, go-getters, ambitious women, dreams really big. Um, we find and discover what are those moments that really help you re- alleviate that stress, find that joy, build resiliency inside your, inside your being and your body so that you can start healing and whatever that is like we do my I do mindset work for myself and for my clients I did mindset work finding those moments and then setting a plan and a routine that was sustainable like for example today I woke up with a really bad headache and before I would have been really upset that I had a headache that my body was not working in the way my thoughts would start going I ain't got time for that Like I got things I got to do this morning for my business, but I took a moment. Now I know I took a moment and said, you know what? I probably need to sleep a little extra, take a little bit slower and be ready for my afternoon and do work. I still did work, but it was more like admin thing, things that were not requiring a lot of me. Um, So I was able to still do stuff, but I was able to do it in a way that was helpful to support my brain and my body and not feel bad about it and make that decision. Like I used to feel guilty about taking that time for myself, but now it doesn't, it doesn't phase me. I know that when I support my brain and my body, my business, my life, everybody is better for it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's so hard with the way society is right now. It's work, 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 work as much as you possibly can and then you take time for yourself then you're like um but I could be doing something else and then you know being able to slow down a little bit um how are you helping your clients like how to change that mind frame in that particular Uh, busting yeah so busting it's busting that limiting belief like you said so there's these that hustle culture of like we gotta go we gotta grind so what I found in myself, but what I have found in many clients I've worked with over the years, the root of a lot of that is I'm not good enough mm-hmm. or I don't value myself. You might not think that in your conscious mind, but it's back there somewhere because a lot of the time that 
thought I'm not good enough drives. I got to work. I got to do, I got to prove, I got to be, I got to keep going. It drives that moment that I say momentum, but it drives that work hustle. It drives the grind. And so you feel like you have to prove yourself and it's always this running on the rat race type of thing. Where do you think that came from? I think think innately, well, there's a lot of different ways. So innately, I think we all have this questioning of our value of who we are. I think we all have it across the board and we try to find our purpose as human beings. And so I think some of it comes from that. Some of it can come from experiences, family, background, who was speaking into your life. Those are different ways um, that can reinforce that thought. And so, or even if you never thought that way and you had an experience and it's like, oh, like I'm not good enough. Or like, you don't even think that again, a lot of this is subconscious and my job is to help kind of pull it out of you. Like as far as the therapy side of stuff, I did a more digging as far as the coaching. I'm just asking you more questions about it and getting to that place so that we can start rewiring your brain and saying, okay, let's pluck that thought out. Let's put in a new one that feels good and let's and that's the cool thing about our brain is that we can we can pluck that I'm not good enough and we can pull in like I am valuable I am awesome I'm an amazing person like I am worthy to show up in my full self being unapologetically me and our brains can do that like we have the ability to change our brain and our and change our body down to the DNA expression just by our thoughts, which is so fascinating still to me. As long as I've been in in the mental health field, it's still fascinating for me to watch that happen in people's lives. Yes, I think so too. So this is really interesting because we come from two different backgrounds, right? We come from the more clinical side and I kind of come from the more spiritual woo-woo side. And so it's interesting to be able to see the two like collide together. It's like, you've got the, this is what science has showed us. And then I'm like, but if you just believe in it and you feel it, you can change your thoughts. You just have to do it over and over again, but it all comes around to be the same thing. Yeah, it kind of, we come back to the same place. And so yeah. it's, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, so um, I just blinked. It's okay. <laughs> Take a moment. <laughs> I know, right? I just completely blinked. I am so, my bad. Um, no, it's okay. So, oh, here's a good question. What is the difference between coaching and um, therapy? Because I feel like not necessarily therapy, but like being able to transition between the two, because I feel like some people don't understand the difference between an actual coach and the actual like therapy sessions, because they almost sometimes um, go hand in hand. Yeah. So my long story short, if you want to know more, you can just contact me, but this is what I always tell people. Therapy is past focus we are looking at things that are happening in your past that um have affected you for you to be okay right now coaching is forward focus it's more oriented it's more directive it's more asking like therapy you ask questions but it's more um directed questions therapy is more listening and so coaching you might have stuff come up from the past with coaching for me, because I have a therapy background, I can recognize that, see that, 
help kind of close, not close it down, but like help kind of navigate through that. And then we keep moving towards your goal or your outcome of moving forward. So very nice. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to like kind of switch gears a little bit and talk yeah. about what made you and Andrew decide to do the tiny living. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> and I'm like, the more I see you guys travel around, I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, know if I could do it with the girls, though. But I mean, like, after they're done, then yeah, me, maybe I, that'll be I something always, for me and Jeremy to do. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people with kids, you could do it because I know several families and people, and they do it with their kids. It's just like wrapping your mind around the different aspects because kids do bring more questions and more planning and more other kinds of stuff. But like I know a family personally, they are, they have three boys. They went on the road for two years. They came off of the road for a couple, for a year and they're back on the road again. So it's like, they, they just love it. So anyways, sidetracking on that, but we decided, well, as you know, but I have looked at tiny house living for years. So probably like four or five years before uh, I met my husband, Andrew, and I wanted to do the tiny house living. I was like, you know what? What rooms do we actually live in? Like, what do, what space do I actually take up? It's like, I, not, not so much, not a whole lot. And I'm a big person of environmental activists. I've always been into like recycling and it just kind of grew from there. And so the more I researched the tiny house movement, I realized like a lot of it was people wanted to live in a way that wasn't affecting the earth. Cause if you look at the statistics of how our consumption is affecting our planet, it's really shocking and staggering because depressing, stuff, honestly. yes, it's very depressing. And for me, I'm an action oriented person. I'm like, well, what can I do? What is my part in helping the environment? And so part of that was the tiny house living. And I was like, yeah, like, totally sacrifice stuff and comfort quote-unquote comfort at the time when I was researching it it was like yeah I'm sacrificing a whole house um it felt like but um the more I did it and the more I started downsizing my stuff the more we started going into this housing crisis over you know we definitely hit that over COVID but before then the prices of housing was increasing slowly And so some of the conversations that I was having with people, and I actually went to a tiny house, um, I want to say it's like a tiny house conference, but it was like a, a, it was a tiny house movement convention. Yeah. Where people had all kinds of tiny houses and vans and RVs and all kinds of stuff. And I got to meet one of my favorite tiny house people, which is Zach Giffen from the tiny house um, nation show on TV. He's the carpenter that's on there. And he did a talk on the affordable um, housing crisis and how like he started looking into homelessness and veterans and how like if you could give them a responsibility of a small house to help them, what would that be like if they can't afford an apartment or if they can't even afford a house, what would that be like to give them a little bit of that independence and, and it's in a way that's affordable to them? And then I started looking at with like the women, I worked a long time in women in recovery 
and substance abuse recovery, some of them, like they were starting from ground zero when they left our program. They had no family support or they had family support, but they haven't earned their trust yet. So what if they could have a tiny house that was in the backyard or on the land where they had some independence, they could pay for rent that wasn't astronomical and they could start building that stepping stone into their life. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this needs to be a thing. But back then, like all the laws and all the sets, like it was a big shift. Like now we have laws in place in our country where you can have tiny houses or like in Florida, where I am from or where our home base is, they finally have passed the uh, laws where you can have what's called an accessory dwelling unit on your property and it can be less than a thousand square feet. And so, and you can be livable. And so internationally, they're starting to do that as well. And so when I met Andrew, I was like all into this. I was like all into the tiny house stuff. I was like, you know, sustainability. How can I advocate for this? How can I live this way? And when I met him, one of, I think it was on our first date. I was trying to remember recently when we started talking about this, because I knew early on, like, I got to throw it out there. Like, if you're not on the tiny house bandwagon with me, I don't know if we're going to be a thing. And he was just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've actually been thinking about downsizing. I was like, bonus points. I don't even know you yet, but like, you're on the right track. <laughs> and so for us, we are more, we, we want to have more experiences with people the last couple of years has been family like we've lived near you guys for a year and it was so fun to be able to do that yeah. right now we live near um my in-laws as I like to call them being able to be there with them and support them too and so um it's just afforded us a lifestyle where we can have experiences where we can go and travel um like we've got, went to the Grand Canyon for our first year anniversary we're getting ready to go to Colorado in August and so we're just like we let's ditch the stuff and let's just experience life because like what do we want to put our money towards like stuff is going to go into the landfill like I said earlier eventually it'll get into the landfill and like we want to take those memories and have those memories with ourselves and our families and our people that we love to be around and so that's kind of a long story in short, it's a nutshell of like why we live tiny and we just love, we still love it. People still, people keep asking us, oh, when are you going to settle down? Or when are you going to, What? where's home base? I'm like, well, home base is where we park it. We don't have one, like one place that we park anymore. So. No, I love that so much. And I think it's so inspiring too. Um, to see like just alternative ways of how to live a little bit easier yeah. and not have to yeah. deal with like the hustle and grind so much. I feel that way. Yeah. Have... yeah. And for, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. I think we had a little bit of a delay, but I feel like too, this is a way for me to, um, for both of us to live in a way that helps us feel good in our bodies too. And in our brains because we're outside more often than not we you know we cook outside we sit outside 
we will um, just be outside when it's not super, super hot or super, super cold. My husband does not like the really hot heat and I don't like the really cold, cold. So like when we're in that middle ground, which it seems like right now in the Midwest, middle ground has been this season here. We're just outside more because our living space, we, we consider outside our living space as well. And so we have so much more opportunity to be near water, to do the things we love to do. I always tell people, there's a reason why trees are green. There's a reason why water is blue. There's a reason why our nature, like birds have certain colors and deer has a certain color. Like there's a reason why all of those things are colors and things that we can see and be a part of that is soothing to our soul. For me, I believe that God has created that for us to enjoy. And it's, again, it's a healing property. So like the tiny house living lets us be outside in spaces and spaces and places more often. And it's very healing and it's very distressing and it's very calming for us. I agree. That's one thing I've been doing more with the girls, or at least we're trying to be like, mm, you're getting a little too rambunctious. You need to go <laughs> outside and run around for a little bit. Get that energy out. Get it all out. You know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's like our kids are the only kids in the neighborhood that are running around right now. You know, you yeah. can move them from, you know, just down the road <laughs> because they're just like, that's outside yeah but that's so good because yeah it can be so easy it can be so easy to be wrapped up inside I know Andrew and I sometimes we still fall into that we still fall into those things of being inside or being on your phone or technology or whatnot but like you know one of the ways we love to do is we have outdoor movies so we love watching movies we don't have to inside so we have a projector we put a sheet up we have our camping chair and we have our speaker and we just eat dinner outside and watch a movie so we're still enjoying the outside and the technology at the same time I love it so a question that a lot of people ask I'm I'm assuming is how do you deal with it when you need personal space (laughs) yeah yeah so here's the thing Andrew and I are very much quality time people and we're in the as like this is September will be three years, which is really crazy. It's been that long, but also short in our marriage. And we've realized we can be in the same room and not say anything to each other. He could be doing his own thing and I can be doing my thing. If we need like physical space, somebody can always go outside. And um, we've never had a problem. People are always like, oh, why you guys are going to get sick of each other being inside. And I was like, no, I think honey has living has accelerated our communication efforts and has accelerated, um, how we get to know, we, how we've gotten to know each other. And like, we just love being around each other. So like, we don't necessarily get tired of each other. And if we need space, we know that, like, if you need some downtime or like, I need girl time, like on Mondays, I go work with my cousin and Monday afternoon. So that's like a practical thing for me to like change my environment. Um, But I feel like for the most part, personal space, like we have enough. It's what we always know. We don't know any differently. We were talking about that too the other day is that 
how do we function in a house? Because we're always like next to each other. We'd be like sitting on top of each other in a house or whatever. <laughs> I remember you uh, saying that we went to mom and dad's, I think, and you were like, mm-hmm. your house is so big compared to what There's we're so- in. <laughs> yeah. And like one time I remember when we uh, were there and we housed that for you for sugar, <laughs> um, their dog, we, um, we decided that we were going to uh, vacuum the floors and stuff for you guys before you got home. <laughs> and I was like, I am so tired of vacuuming this house. Oh my gosh. Like, it, <laughs> and it was so funny because our house, well, we just upgraded. So our other one total was 189 square feet. This one, well, this one's only four more feet longer. So 189. Really? 90. It's only four feet yeah, yeah, it's only four feet longer, but it, it feels a lot bigger than the other one. It's because mm-hmm. we have the bunkhouse now, but um, you know, it takes us a total, like making the bed, cleaning the bathroom, straightening up, all of that. It takes like maybe 30 minutes, an hour at most if we're going to deep clean. And so I'm like, I'm good to go. And I was like, it takes an hour to just to sweep your floor. <laughs> my goodness (laughs) puts things into perspective for sure it it really does and too I think for me and what I encourage people all the time rent a camper if that's what you're wanting to try to do I talk to people all the time because they're always like people know because we live they're like oh so-and-so wants to live tiny can you talk to them I'm like yeah and um I always tell people like the barriers that you might have to living tiny is not a big deal, as big a deal as you think it is. I think sometimes we prop it up into our head because it's something new, it's something different. We grab the thought, oh, I never could do that. That's what a lot of people tell me. And I was like, well, take a camper out for a weekend. See what it's like. You can rent them now. Like it's, we've seen them all on the roads when we've been traveling, like they're the rent me campers that you can drive and just see see how it works for you see if you would like it and I know tiny house living is not for everybody and that's okay if you don't like it but it is a lifestyle for us and we love it well thank you for sharing that yeah yeah um I would like to uh shift tone a little bit and yeah and kind of go from your new uh, coaching program that you're doing right now, which I think is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have several new offers that I am working on with people to, so eliminating burnout. That is what I'm doing. I'm working with these women to eliminate burnout. And I always say it for good because the reality of my story is that I don't ever, I have never gotten to that same place of burnout that I was before. And so I walk women through that process of mindset, of taking a moment, setting sustainable habits and routine. And so I have um, several different offers for them to um, experience that. Like, and this is something that people can contact me and I can share with them about it, of how they can work with me. Because I just, I know that like, everybody's at a different level. And sometimes we don't even realize we were burnt out. And that was something I've been reflecting on recently was that I don't think I really knew I was burnt out until somebody pointed it out to me. I had my therapist pointed out to me and she was like, 
Tiffany, like, when's it going to change? Cause you keep saying, you keep coming in here saying it's going to get better. Like, when's it going to get better? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and so that was a wake up call for me to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm burnt out. And so I have different levels of coaching offers to offer people for coaching that uh, whatever level they're in, that we can definitely work through those things and come up with a plan that is sustainable for you to eliminate that burnout for good and see, like, I want you to eliminate it and enjoy your life. It's one thing to eliminate it, but I want you to really find those things that you find joy in your life because that's the best part of life is like having fun and having laughter and all of that is healing for our body and it's sustainable for our body. I want you to live forever and or as long as you want <laughs> to and be able to do the things that you enjoy doing and not feeling exhausted and tired all the time. So what is one thing um, that you can like little tip wise that you could give people like when you feel like you're starting to go burn out, like what is one thing to yeah. heal the mind a little bit? Yeah. So I would say the first thing I would say is take a moment, whatever that looks like. So I tell people all the time, take, you can take eight seconds, eight minutes, eight hours and any time in between eight seconds is a really good deep breath. It's four counts in. And it's four counts out. And so if, you all, if that's all you have is eight seconds, take that breath, be in your moment. And I'm like, I'm like taking a deep breath now, be in your moment and go to the next moment that you have to be in. Um, I think for your mind, we talk about affirmations all the time. Take an affirmation for yourself. If you need, if you can't find one, Go look on people's Instagrams or Google 10 affirmations. Pick one of them. And here's the power. It's not just the affirmation. It's when you couple it with an emotion. So that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's where the power comes in is when you couple it with an emotion. So for example, saying the affirmation, like, I don't know. Like I am. I am an amazing woman. We'll just say that. I'm an amazing woman. And like, I can feel it already like bubble up inside of me because I've worked on this one with joy, a coupling it with joy. And so at first you may not feel it, but here's the cool thing as human beings, we can, we are the only species that can drum up emotions that aren't currently there. We can tap into our good memories if we can't find it and be like, when's the last time you felt joy? Okay, bubble that up, let that come to the surface and couple that and say, okay, I am an amazing woman and have that joy come up. And I'm like, ooh, right now I'm like feeling excited because I'm like, yes, I can, I can feel that. And like, I know that. And that's a simple way you can just start. Find the affirmation that resonates with your brain and resonates with your body and find those emotions that's awesome. So, Thank you. Um, yeah. One thing I've been really working on lately for myself that I've been learning and um, a little tip that has helped me is like sometimes I, I've heard, and maybe you can correct me on this, is it takes sure. um, the brain, I think, to 
um, rewire it and to have different thoughts coming into your head like 60 times? Yeah, I would say um, more of the time. I normally hear the time frame. Time frame is like it's seven days to commit to memory and 21 days to make it okay, a change. Yeah. But I want to tell the person that's like, oh my gosh, 21 days, that's so long. Well, don't worry about the time frame. Just start now. Just start yeah. with one thing because it will happen. If you just let go of the time frame and be consistent in doing it, then it does change. Like I know this from personal experience, from professional experience. Like if you are committed, like I have clients that if they are committed to the process, like I've had clients like change their brain in such a short period of time, but they did it every day or multiple times a day. And I know that's just not a reality for everybody. So just as long as you do it, doesn't matter how you do it, just do it. You'll, your body and your brain will start changing. Yeah. I believe it. And like one thing that helped me is I actually ended up um, voice recording my affirmations and then yes. I, I can just listen to it. And I feel like yes. that is so huge, especially if you don't have like the time to write. And I like to write as well for me. Yeah, me too. And I feel like between writing and then reciting it and hearing it so many times, it, it can go really quickly. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, that's doing double the work. It's like, if you're compounding on it for it to be able to really sink in, because what hap what's happening, and I love kind of geeking out on this, what's happening is that you're bringing forth things from the subconscious to the conscious level and vice versa. So like the effort, like the affirmation is replacing what is the negative in the subconscious. So you got to say it multiple times for your subconscious to be like oh this is something different oh I want to hold on to this I want to take this feels good because at first it's going to be like ah this is new safety mechanism yeah so like up. how do you um like when you're going through those emotions of like your your brain is basically trying to say no don't do this this is something new please stop right now <laughs> yeah 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 so what I like to say to myself when I teach clients is to say, oh, thank you, brain, for making me safe. But I am safe right now. I'm doing something that is actually good for me. And then say your affirmation. So when you just acknowledge that that safety mechanism is coming in, because that's what our brains are wired to do is to, it's that fight, flight, or freeze um, mechanism that comes on. It's like, ooh, is she safe? Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know. And so you just have to remind your brain like, oh yeah, I am safe. Thank you for protecting me, but I am safe right now. And so um, when you do that, it kind of just like, I can't explain it. Like almost unlocks something for you to like, everything kind of calms down and then you're yeah. able to continue. You can like feel it in your body too. It starts to Yeah. Relax. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, um, have run out of questions. So do you yeah. have anything that you would like to, 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 share. Say, to share all the things? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, well, here's another thing I did want to say that I was thinking about as we were talking is that as adults, we forget to use our imagination. Yeah. And so we <laughs> teach kids how to do this, right? We teach kids how to use your imagination. Go out, like you said, your kids go outside and play. And I feel like they have a great imagination. And, and so, wild one. 
Yeah. And I, I love all of it. I love it. I keep hearing Marley as a dinosaur in my head. This is what I keep hearing. She's always growling at us, <laughs> which is great. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we forget to do that. We get to a certain age and that goes away. And tapping into your imagination is so key in helping yourself heal. And so starting to use your imagination. So like for me, what I like to do is, and I teach clients to do this, is uh, find a happy, you know, people talk about find your happy place in your mind, but it's true that like actually works. Like go to your happy place, say for mine's the beach, <laughs> tap into all your senses. What is it? See, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you feel inside of you? But what do you feel around you? um what do you smell like I can eat just going through this and thinking about the beach I can smell the salt water what do you hear and so giving yourself that moment to imagine that place you can use that there's like a whole like thing like a guided thing that I go through with clients but there's a just starting to tap into that imagination again is huge in taking those moments for yourself because I can say the word beach and takes me less than a couple of seconds. like already I'm like oh I'm tasting the saltiness I feel the sand in my toes and it's because I have practiced using that as my calm place but um, when you just start doing that it starts helping you use your brain to help calm you down to help release that stress to help you not feel, help energize you. And so when you can energize yourself and find that joy, you have more energy to do that focus work that you need to do or go pick up your kids or go to the next thing that you have to do. Yes, I love that. Um, one thing, I guess sometimes, and I think you had a really good point, when you're thinking of using your imagination, I always go back to, um, playtime with kids because they mm -hmm. teach you so much on how to use the imagination and how yeah. to roll with it and I, sometimes I'll just get so caught up on like oh I don't know it could be this or you know yeah. but by you basically relaying it doesn't even have to be in that realm of imagination but being mm -hmm. able to pull up life experiences that you've already had and to basically yeah. feel all of those experiences that bring you joy Yes. And I was going to say too, if you don't have life experiences that have brought you joy because of other things that have happened in your life, look at a photo of a place that you love. Look at a movie. Is there a scene in a movie that you really, that brings you joy? So use those visual cues because that still resonates inside of us. Like having those visual cues, even though they aren't memory based. That's awesome. Thank you for those tips. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, Tiffany is doing an amazing offer um, for anybody who is in my Patreon group right now. She is going to be doing 10% uh, off on your uh, one, is it one hour coaching? So, I yeah. So I have a, I have a one hour breakthrough burnout coaching session where we talk about your burnout and we make a plan. Also, I offer uh, three months of at a time of Voxer coaching. If you don't know what Voxer is, it's a free app of voice messaging and texting. 
and I'll be offering 10% off of the Voxer coaching as well. That's amazing. I will have to say self-experience. Her coaching (laughs) is life-changing. It makes you think and it makes you act upon those and it will literally change your life. And I think it's amazing that just because she's my sister, because she's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, I think it's amazing. Like I want to go through my program. So I love it. And I just, I love, as you know, and I just want to share with people, like it's my heart to come alongside people. That has always been my heart for so long. I'm just so excited that I have found a way where I can still come alongside people and be sustainable and feel good about myself and feel like I'm not burning myself out. So, and I want that for anybody else that wants that too. No, I feel you there. I think uh, there's so many of us out there that need to reframe that mind and, you know, really figure out like how not to get to that point anymore because, you know, it's exhausting and it's draining and doesn't do anybody any good. So being able to have more fun, more imagination, more play, I think that's kind of what life is about is, um, is having those kinds of experiences. And yeah. so, um, I'm going to leave in the show notes, how to get a hold of Tiffany. Um, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook, and then, uh, we will also have, um, for Patreon, sign up for our Patreon. You can get our Patreon for as little as $5 to where you can get uh, live broadcasts of the show. You will also be able to ask questions if you have any, and then a few other, um, you can work on coaching with me. I'm building your intuition as well. Uh, so thank you, Tiffany, for being on the show. I appreciate yes. you coming here and spending the time chit-chatting. I will probably end up like talking to you later today. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yes, thank sure. you so much for having me. Thank you. You guys have a great afternoon. Bye.